Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Stapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And today we're here with Rachel Gogos, who in the past 30 minutes has become my best friend. So we're really excited to be here. Um, this is such a, a fun interview because Rachel is in the branding space. Her and I, have uh, we have very similar views on the way you should be branding your company. And I heard her on some other podcasts and was just really intrigued by what she's doing. And so make sure you go check out their website. So it's brandid.com. She's also going to be giving away some amazing freebies in this as well. So make sure you listen to the end. So Rachel, say what's up to everybody and then we'll hop in. Hey, Josh. So good to connect with you today. And hello, Titan, Titan world. <laughs> Titan world. I got to come up with like a cool catchphrase for that. It's like <laughs> Titans. Uh, Titans. Yeah. What's up, Titans? Yeah. What will, we'll, uh, yeah. That rolls. Titans. It. I like Titans. <laughs> Tribe of Titans. That's, that's our community. Anyways. You're the brand expert, I'll ask you. <laughs> so Rachel, you know, I, I want to get really into what we were talking about before this interview, you know, about how people can leverage this branding and, and really kind of the steps they should be taking in branding themselves. Because the number one problem I see when a business owner wants to start a business, they jump out and make a logo, they build a website, yes, and then they build a product and they haven't even thought about marketing at this point. <laughs> yeah. So when and where does marketing fit in and what would you expect people to do as action steps? So uh, let me answer your question second, because I first want to address this part of branding, which is so important. And you totally hit the nail on the head, Josh, when you said so many people start with the logo and some of these visual pieces, the way we practice branding and support people with branding is actually starts well before anything visual comes into the picture. I believe branding is really an extension of, it's the business owner, like your soul, your essence. And if that's not embedded into your business from the very beginning, it's really hard to make it sticky or magnetic or attractive to your ideal customer. And what I mean by your soul or your essence is really understanding who you are at your core, what your values are, um, as a human, because those values you have as an individual are the same values your business has. So our work is really in humanizing or personifying a business brand and giving it human attributes. And no matter how big your company grows, your essence is still such a part of your, of your brand. So I'll just give you an example of a couple massive brands that were most of us are aware of and one that always comes to mind for me is virgin richard branson's company i mean that when people think about that company and its personality you think of it's innovative it's kind of risky it's bold it's funny right like you're smiling as we're talking about it and that i don't know richard branson personally but he certainly comes off like that and the interviews i've heard him in and things like that and so even as a, a solopreneur, you want to think about these things because if you're launching a business that's not under your vanity URL, right? Like your first name, last name.com, but it's a, a business name, you want to personify it by all those things that are important to your core. So your mission, your vision, your why, right? Those are, and those are, are the things, Josh, by the way, that 
building a business is not an easy thing. But when you're clear on those on that bedrock, those core questions, it makes it much easier for you to also persevere in those tough times and building your business. Yeah, and, and I really love the way you personify that because uh, it, there's the kind of two schools of thought in the branding industry, right? It's like you need something memorable or you need your name, right? Yeah. And, and some people are like, you do your name no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that because you're saying come with your values. You know, Titan for us wasn't, you know, it wasn't us saying like Josh is a Titan, right? Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to attract the best in their yeah. industries. Yeah, and, and I want something for people to identify themselves as. And right. And that's kind of the whole goal of our brand is like, I don't want you to think that you're a small fish in a big pond. You know, you're, right. you're way more involved and way cooler than you think, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially in our world of, of solopreneurship, which mm-hmm. I hate. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I, but so I, I love that you cover that with branding because mm-hmm. when, when people are initially starting out their business mm-hmm. and saying, okay, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Would you recommend starting there at the brand first or does brand come secondary to, to other activities? I think the way we just talked about brand comes first. I think the visual elements of a brand come maybe third or fourth, actually. Um, and I actually don't think you need the, the visual elements of a brand to start selling and produce or monetizing. In fact, I think it's important you don't have another source of income and you're just you know letting go of that and you're launching your business i would say you need to monetize as fast as possible um, if you do have another source of income and you want to take the time and you've got the budget to set up those visual elements then by all means do it because it i believe too it sends a message of about your reputation about your image um, which helps build credibility and helps build trust with potential clients yeah, and, and and I love that you you say it that way because I, I think we're we're kind of living in a world where people are like, you have to have an Apple type brand if you want to sell anything. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, and from what I've seen, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I actually kind of like it when people dispute with me. It's fun because <laughs> it, it puts both sides to to an argument, right? But but what's really interesting is every time somebody mentions a good brand, they mention Apple. Yeah. Like, well, whenever you see the Apple, you know what it is. Right. But, my problem with that is when you're selling a digital product or maybe you have an e-commerce store and you're selling multiple products, you don't really need a cool logo because yeah. the logo isn't what sells it. It's your sales message that sells it. Yeah. It's not really going to create that referral traffic for you in the long term, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion, but. No, I, I agree with you. And I also think it's the reputation that sells it. So Apple um, is probably not the visual pieces that are selling it. What's selling Apple products is we know they're well-made. We know they're typically cutting edge. We know the, the policies of the brand in terms of customer service and the warranties that they offer on their products. And so that gives us that comfort to keep investing in their products, no matter how crazy expensive they get, because we know we're getting quality. And then we as customers also want to be synonymous with that quality, right? Like if we invest in the best things, if that's something that's important to our value system, that's why we're supporting a company like Apple. But um, to your point again, Josh, we don't have to create the visual Apple logo, but we do need to identify our reputation and with with the business brand we're creating. And so as a solopreneur, when you're launching, 
a lot of times you're starting to get customers just through word of mouth, right? And that's happening because you already have a reputation. It doesn't matter if you're the brand ID or if you're a Titan or what your business brand is called. What matters is that people who refer business to you know they can depend on you, right, to deliver a quality product or a quality service. And that's why, why you'll get business. And part of the branding process, again, if, if you take the time to kind of do it up front, I, I think it's just the foundation of any new business, um, is associating that reputation that you already have with what you're putting out online. And, and part of that, I think, too, that in, integrity is, you know, we were saying, we were chatting before this and we haven't known each other long, but we feel a connection. And I think that integrity and that, you know, like your spidey sense about it person just kicks in immediately through video, through Zoom calls, even if you're not watching a person live on video, like you still get a feel for them and their brand. And so some of those elements embedded in your sales materials, your marketing materials, I think are really important. Way more than a logo is at the beginning. Yeah. And I love that. I absolutely love that because I mean, one of the reasons why, you know, Apple, I think one of my favorite things about them with their branding is that they've, whether their tech is superior or not, you know, everybody will argue that Androids are always better, right. but what they've done is they have trained their buyers to stand outside in the cold for two days to buy a phone, yeah. right? <laughs> buy the new piece of tech. And I think people are too caught up on, oh, it's because the tech's cool, mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with the technology, right? It has mm-hmm. everything to do with what you're talking about, the values that they instill in their people and, and how they train their buyers to buy. Yeah. That's something we've been focusing on really heavily recently is how do people actually want to be sold? And then we have to train them. You don't try to manipulate them into your way of doing it, but you have to educate and train them on how to buy from you. Right. We've had people, you've probably seen the same thing, but you'll, an influencer will reach out to you and they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to sell this course. I've got a million followers. Let's do it. Right. You launch the course out and nobody buys. And it's because you've trained them that you're always going to give them free stuff mm-hmm. and you're only worth free value. And, and so the people aren't trained to buy from you. So you have to start the training process of, Hey, now my brand is actually going to sell to you. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, for you, um, you know, coming from a branding perspective where you guys actually focus on helping with the site, the logo, the copy, like everything in the branding aspect, mm-hmm. um, where should people really be starting if they already have an existing company, mm-hmm. where should they be starting to, to actually establish a real brand? Mm-hmm. I would say if they haven't done some of the foundational work when they first launched, I would start there because you also want to establish a culture um, around your brand and that's if you've got a team of people you know I would start there um, and I would actually pull your core team um, into the process of establishing your brand but you want to start with also um, things that you put a stake in a ground about so causes that might be important to you or ethical practices in the business that you're practicing that are important to you And you want to start talking about those things, whether it's on your website or on guest posts or interviews or wherever that might be. Because again, that's part of the reputation setting and part of establishing the why of someone will buy from your brand versus another. Um, And I don't want to forget to mention this, Josh, but 
Simon Sinek has a great book called Start With Why, and he did a TED talk on exactly why people buy from Apple, which is so fascinating. Um, and I just wanted to put that out there for your listeners to listen to that, because to your point of people standing out, you know, for a day or so to, to buy an iPhone, and, and it's not about the tech, you're spot on about that. But I think people will be surprised to really understand psychologically what's motivating to take that action. And again, that was started years back when Steve Jobs was establishing that brand. So um, it's the same today for people who have, like you said, established companies, you have to have that foundation in place. And if you've already started selling your product, that's great because you've got the capital to invest in really establishing your brand. But it has to be um, identify the pillars that your brand stands for and feels passionate about because that will attract um, the, the consumers that are passionate about those same things to you too. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and I think we're really hitting on a, on a spot here that is going to be important for our listeners, you know, where they're, they've plateaued at six or seven figures and they're trying to, to decide which direction to go. And, and if you're planning on scaling your business, one of the number one branding activities is to actually focus on building an advocacy base or a referral base in your, in your existing clientele. And that seems to be really where you come in, Rachel, is mm -hmm. saying, hey, let's, let's brand you in a way that's going to, to generate that advocacy. So my question for you is, is what is that, that big difference? Because, I mean, there's initial branding activities you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't been doing them, what are the, the activities you should be doing to promote your customers actually referring business to you? Well, one thing you mentioned before the interview, right, was talking to your ideal customers that you currently have and directly asking them for referrals, which is always a great idea. There, you know, there are people who can speak firsthand about your, your work. Um, another idea is to partner with other businesses that have a similar demographic that you do, but offer a different service because, again, that's essentially a, a warm way to be introduced to somebody. Um, those are the two that come to mind. Actually, there is a third, which is also a form of partnership, but it's coming at it slightly different, which is more organically. So look in your business and what tools you're using to conduct your business and see if some of those software providers are also, or also need the services that you provide and reach out to them and see if, if there is a potential referral program there too. And that one's more organic because again, it's just sometimes those ideal partnerships are right in front of us. It's just, we're thinking about them as a consumer and not as a partner. Um, so just really like shedding the light on those pieces and seeing where that synergy exists. And, and also that synergy needs to be more than just, we support the same demographic. It also needs to be we support or we do business in the same way, right? Because the people you partner with also represent your brand. And it's really important for you to stay aligned with brands who have the similar values and similar ethical business practices as you do. Yeah. And I really, I mean, I don't know if you knew this or not, but that's like our number one strategy here is, is partnering with people <laughs> because okay. it's, I completely agree with you because mm -hmm. it's a warm introduction, whether they're, you know, they're not doing the typical networking way of like, Oh, I'll share your card with my yeah. friend. Yeah. Right? They're saying, 
let me give you a shout out or add you into our email sequence. Or in some cases, what we've seen is, is that co-branding opportunity where you maybe build a course together, like a small mini course together yes. or a webinar or something. And those produce some amazing results because you're, you're really getting that person to give your, the advocacy for you to their audience. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, and, and I'm going to ask you a few strategies about this, but, but uh, we found that one of the best strategies is to actually get people who are your customers mm-hmm. to do that for you. Yeah. It's like for us, I actually won't really do partnerships with people unless they've gone through our programs. Mm-hmm. Because if, if we don't do that, they don't know um, really what we stand for. And like you said, like how we do business is hugely important. Yeah. So I would ask you this, how have you identified partners and what have been some of the great partnerships that you've done that have really helped to generate results for your company? Mm-hmm. So I think that the first one we had which actually started about, we've been in business 12 years, I'd say about nine years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Um, I joined a membership community and those were just starting at that point. It was called Third Tribe Marketing. I don't know if you remember it, but it was started by Chris Brogan and um, the team from Copy Blogger. And as I started getting involved in that group, Studio Press themes, Genesis themes, which were also the parent company back in that point was Copy Blogger. I um, was talking about the work we were doing in there and the owner who, I, I, again, it was a small brand at that time, reached out to me and said, wow, really love what you're doing um, with WordPress. Not me specifically, by the way, I'm not a technical person, but a developer I had and a designer that worked with me at the time were really producing some amazing websites. And um, he said, you know, we'd love to feature these websites on our platform because we were using their platform. I said, okay, perfect. So we had to submit a certain amount of websites to them to actually go underneath and review the code. So that became our first partnership with Studio Press and we became a preferred developers of their, their tools. And at that point, there were only about 10 or 15 companies that had that. So that actually really helped our business tremendously. Um, that was one. Another was, uh, I, this is a, a funny story actually, so I'll just quick side note because it is a partnership. When I was launching my business, I had just had my second child. And I remember listening to, um, or reading, reading Chris Brogan's blog, again, 12 years ago. So he was a real avid blogger and he was the person you follow to launch a business and learn how to do it. And then through the years, got to know him and he became a client of ours. And we also uh, just had a, you know, a partnership where we offered one of our products to his clientele. So that was more of a, you know, also very organic, but I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, what a full circle moment, right? That um, now I'm able to partner with this person. So that's a couple a couple actual stories, but uh, something else I would do again is just like take a really close analysis of, of what you're already using and see what tools you really are passionate about to promoting. Um, or another, another way to look at that is if you find yourself recommending a certain product to clients over and over, that's also a good place to seek a potential partnership because you're recommend, you know, you're, um, a, uh, what's the word? Ooh. 
an evangelist for a particular product for some reason. So that's, again, another good place to partner. And you can also look for just affiliates that you feel comfortable promoting, you know, a lot of product or software tools or even people with their courses, right, offer affiliate opportunities. So if that's a part of your marketing plan, promoting other people's products and making, you know, some of that sale in a commission, that's another way to go about it. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I really think that <clears throat> there's, there's so many ways you can do those partnerships. Um, and and I, I'd love to even get into the content strategy behind that. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but, but I, I really like, you know, your methodology on that because it's, it's all about finding people call it brand alignment, but I really, yeah. I like the value alignment or relationship mm-hmm. alignment because we've even found there are some people that I'm like, these are going to be a great partner, but they're way more of an aggressive marketer than I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so our strategies just collide and, right. and, the, and it doesn't end up really yielding any money for anybody or any yeah. results because you're like, our products were synonymous. Our messaging was on point, but it was different. And, and so it didn't work well. <laughs> My people aren't used to being like Grant Cardone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I, I love that. Well, and I want to ask you this because you, you came in here asking if you could, could do this for our audience. And I was like, heck yes, let's do it. I, I love uh, giving these options for people. You have a guide that will help people actually walk mm-hmm. through this and a whole book on this, mm-hmm. helping people to set this up for their own companies. So where can people get access to all of that? Well, we're offering it to your Titan tribe at the brand ID. The, it's actually the brandid.com backslash Titan. Um, you can get the digital download of the book. You can get a target audience exercise. Here's what the, the book looks like. Um, and a couple other goodies over there. And, and I love that. Everybody, make sure you go check that out. I mean, when people bring in freebies like this, everybody's like, oh, it's going to get me marketing, right? People are going to start marketing to me to death. But I would, I would recommend to everybody that you take advantage of these freebies like this one because it allows you to really checklist what you're doing and realign. And if that means, hey, you should get further into Rachel's world, I would highly recommend it. I mean, somebody like her and her company could help you establish that whole brand strategy and take it off your plate. Because as her and I were talking about this, what people don't realize is branding your own company is extremely, there's, there's so many pieces. There's a lot of pieces that when it comes to it. So you can do it yourself for sure, but I would highly recommend going and hiring their company as well. She wasn't going to do a hard pitch, so I was going to. <laughs> so true. Yeah, <laughs> you pinned me right on that. <laughs> So make sure you go check that out at the, so it's thebrandid.com. Um, and I'll, I'll also link that in the notes, in the show notes as well. But Rachel, I want to ask you one final question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've covered a lot of different topics in this interview. So if there was one thing you could leave with our audience, what would that be? I would say it's to um, really just take the time to tap into to your soul, your essence. I don't mean to sound too woo-woo, but life moves at a really fast pace for most of us, um, business owners or not. And we don't have the time to ask ourselves very grounding questions um, at any stage of our business life. And when you can do that, when you can pause long enough to figure out why you're doing what you're doing, even daily, just for five seconds that day, and approach that day from a proactive place versus a reactive place and staying grounded on where you want to go. You know, I always call goal setting. It's like 
setting your GPS, when you can stay grounded in that, and, and I personally suffer from this too, like I'll, I'll find something new and think, oh yeah, I should launch that. But the more you can stay grounded in who you are and why you're doing what you're doing, the further and the faster you'll grow. Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. 